Hi, welcome to Authentic Conversation with Kim. I am, I'm smiling. I am smiling. It's a good day. Today was actually Easter, um, the day. And I think about all the preparation that goes into a holiday whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas or Fourth of July or more like any holiday, there's always this preparation, this advance um, work that goes into the holiday, the actual day, in order for it to be a success, in order for people to feel welcome, in order to have celebrated the day in the best way possible. I thought about it today because now the day is over and the sun has set. Um, I think it's different when it comes to Easter. I think that um, it's, although it's a holiday and a national holiday, it's not a regular holiday, if it makes sense to me. It's just not a regular holiday. And so as we would finish Thanksgiving or even Christmas and other holidays and it's back to work, back to business as usual. I think the difference with Easter is that how for those that are in the faith and it's just like having gone to a revival, right? Like you get this hype and you celebrate God being God and Jesus being Lord and now the Holy Spirit has come and then we wait, you know, 50 is that I think I want to say it's 50 days um, based on how scripture was. It's this waiting, waiting until the Holy Spirit has actually fell on the people in Pentecost. I want to say that um, I will have to go back and check, but it is a waiting period. But even still, it's like when you think about, okay, we celebrate and we get excited and hype and, you know, we do all of that. And then now, Tomorrow is a work day and it's business as usual. And I don't think it ought to be business as usual because it's like going from glory to glory. It's about, you know, being better than what we were yesterday and not just letting it be fanfare. And so I was pondering that. I was pondering that, you know, everything has settled down for the evening and people are getting ready for the next day. And will it be the same? Would it have mattered that we celebrated the risen Savior? Would it have mattered that Resurrection Day had happened? Would it matter that, you know, we had communion and broke bread? Would it have mattered that we fellowshiped and that we celebrated God? Because even as I was out and about today, I thought about how merciful life is and that goes to whether you ascribe to a savior or not or you ascribe to God or not that there's a whole lot of mercy that is rendered upon humanity just how we go from our day to day and the things that just you know just things that we could get we could get into the things that we avoided the things that didn't happen and you know or you know how people can be and yet and still there's no 
penalty penalty upon them um, if they are wicked or have they done certain things unbeknownst to us as neighbors or unbeknownst to us as the fellow man. And I just thought about how merciful life can be, how gracious life can be, and that we just go from our day to day, not understanding that there is some substantiating grace and some substantiating mercy upon life in and of itself, whether or not you ascribe to a faith or not. And then when you ascribe to a faith, you understand that that mercy and that grace um, comes from the Holy God. And so there's this movie um, with Sharon Stone in it, and she was dating a guy. I don't recall the name of the movie, but she was dating a guy in her building, and she so happened to be in his apartment. In his apartment, he had like a a room on the side, uh, a little bat cave or something and so she's in there with him but he has monitors in the room and the monitors have um cameras in everybody's apartment within the building and so she's sitting in this room and she's looking and she's seeing and she's seeing how people are living you know um in their privacy and when they think that nobody's watching and so she sees something that i guess she you know doesn't take kind to and so happens later on after she sees him she sees the people who was in this video in the elevator you know um and it's like looking at them knowing who they are knowing what has been done knowing what has happened and transpired and how do you deal with that and i thought about how god sees us like he sees everything and that blood of Jesus that we talk about all the time that people really don't really grasp the concept to is the covering of those things that we think nobody sees or nobody knows or nobody hears or the thoughts that we've had or have um and that's the covering that still will allow God to embrace you and love you and give you mercy and give you grace and that's why people get hype and shout that blood will never lose its power now granted it's not for us to continue in those behaviors or mannerisms that we would hide from the public or anything because personally who you are in private is who you are in public and so you know you can do your best to hide but eventually you know what i'm saying like the behaviors the mannerisms the upset the attitude the fetishes the inner idiosyncrasies all of those things have a way of pointing themselves out but god knows it all and that's what we're taught that's what we believe and so i just really thought about the grace and the mercy that sustains humanity and I wonder what happens, I guess, like when, you know, world catastrophes or certain things happen, you know, we still aim to find mercy and grace in those things, but they do happen. You know, when we think about Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, I believe that scripturally in the Bible, it talks about how, you know, their sins, it's like it was just so much and God had to deal with it. And everybody knows the historical story of Sodom and Gomorrah. But at the time in Sodom and Gomorrah, one of God's children was there. And that was Abraham. And 
I've been talking about this lately, which is weird, but he was talking about, you know, God and Abraham is having this discussion and, um, he's like, you can't find 50 righteous people. So I'm going to destroy it because Abraham was advocating for it not to be destroyed. And he was like, go see if you can find me 50. And I believe I spoke about this at some point because it always, I always, it always finds itself relevant because again, it's mercy and grace that sustains us. And if we don't find a level of repentance and consciousness for life and a morality that eventually we will consume one another. Whether or not you wait for God to destroy it or Jesus to come back, that we are consuming one another with our attitudes, with our anger, with our jealousy, with our strife, with our mischief, with all this stuff is consuming people. Whether it's in the church, our church, in the business, in the politics, you see it just consuming one another because you can't seem to find 50 or 40 or 30 or 20 or 10 righteous people in a sphere of whatever it is and therefore it's like take you and your family and go because it's destroying it's it's devouring itself and so i don't know where that was but (laughs) that just came out so that's what that is so secondly before um i close on the podcast tonight um i was thinking about questions like asking the right questions asking questions I think you know we were taught that if you um for to assume you make a out of you and me right and so we're never supposed to assume and then we were taught like there is no stupid questions you know I think sometimes there's questions that just aren't purposeful or relevant so it's asking the right questions and I've had to ask myself sometimes like are you asking the right questions and I think that you're supposed to be able to ask questions I think that we're supposed to make it make pe- make it available for people to ask questions and I think that we should be people who want to ask questions in order to get clarity and understand it and not assume anything and oftentimes when we make assumptions about things we're nine out of ten um faltering in our thought processes because we haven't really um, thought about what it is going on. We're just taking information and running with it. Or we're not asking the correct questions because we don't want to know what the real answer is. Or because we rather gossip and talk about people than to ask the person themselves or to go to them and ask them. And I feel like as a community of people or as a society, socialization, all of those things, it you to ask questions we were taught that in school and education there's no way that you would sit I mean I tell children all the time it's like how you sit here for a whole hour and not grasping the concept of the subject matter and refuse to raise your hand and ask a question because that's what the instructor is there for that's what the environment is there for and I mentioned this before anywhere you go where you can't ask a question it's cultic If you don't feel that you can get better understanding, if you don't feel like you can be able to um, inquire of your leaders and inquire of those that are around you, inquire in your relationships, like when we don't get to ask questions. And basically when people want you to have understanding and they can have concern, they don't have a problem with answering your questions. It's not tedious. It's not time consuming. It's not dumb. You know, it's just not. And so I was thinking about asking the right questions. Then even um, 
So to avoid confusion, to avoid, again, being misled, um, avoid doing the wrong thing. Like, is this something that we should be doing? Is this something that can be done? Should this be done this way? Asking questions. How is this to be done? How is that? You know, asking questions. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think when people care and concern, they want you to be wiser. They want you to have more information. They want you to be led correctly. They don't want you just to be walking around in oblivion because you failed to ask the questions or you feel intimidated to ask or you feel like, oh, if you ask a question, somebody's going to look at you and laugh. And sometimes, and we was taught this too, sometimes you have a bunch of people sitting in the same room with you that they all want to ask a question, but nobody has the gumption or courage or the knack to be able to ask the question because they don't want to seem to be foolish and sometimes you as the bold individual or as the one that's curious or the one who wants more understanding has to be the person that asks the question and so I was thinking about asking questions because I know sometimes we can lead people um astray or we can lead people into a place of confusion and I don't know and I know God is not the author of confusion so we don't want to do that but again if you feel like you don't know or you feel like there has to be some clarity then you should be able to ask the question you should be able to and the people who you are around in the environment that you in if you was lost you would ask questions you go to your even your, your gps is not getting to where you need to be you're not gonna be driving around and around and around and around trying to figure out northeast west and south you're gonna stop and you're gonna be like excuse me do you know where this is because you ain't got time to be lost <laughs> like ain't nobody got time for that so you would ask questions if you wanted to know more information. And that's the thing. Even asking questions may not be verbal, but even looking up information is is making an inquiry. You know, we go to Google all the time. I mean, it's my friend. Me and Google is mad cool because it's stuff you can just type in anything. And it's like, I'm not doing a plug for them at all. But what I'm saying is you can just type in the strangest craziest thing and something will pop up in reference to that to give you some understanding and lead you to um more knowledge and more information about what you're inquiring about and so I think that we should ask questions and I think that we should encourage people to ask questions in order to eliminate ambiguity in order to eliminate gossip in order to eliminate assumptions and misleading people and sending in the wrong way and I feel like we also have to give people that time to give us the answer because for me sometimes I don't have the answer to certain things that I'm asked but I don't mind going and researching I don't mind finding out the answer if I don't know or I don't mind referring them to a person who may be able to answer their questions I mean I've had students that I'm, I'm good at math I'm fairly good at math however there's a level of math that I don't even like I shun I like nah go ahead I can't you know I won't you know and that's okay and I'm okay with that but I know there's some people who have mastered it and actually have gotten masters in it and so I have someone who I can refer them to because again that's their expertise and there's always someone who has an expertise or someone who has an answer for you and so there should be no reason that we walk around, you know, ignorant, and ignorant is not, um, 
bad. It's not like it's stupid, but ignorant. It's just lacking information in a particular area or a particular subject matter or particular information. And so it should make no sense for us to walk around ignorant when, again, we have articulation of speech and therefore in our minds work and we can ask questions. It's nothing wrong with it. And again, if somebody gets offended, now whether it's a personal question that's us or a relative depending on who the person is if it's a relationship situation i don't feel like you should be in any relationship where you can't ask questions about your relationship where it's going what we doing how is this happening what's up what you know yeah you should be able to ask those questions and if that is you know prohibited then that's something that you have to revisit personally on yourself because again you know i remember when it it's so weird because people are very evasive when you're inquiring of them when you're in relationships. They're very evasive. And when they're invasive, that means that they up to something. And they ain't got no business being up to something. You know, and they're like, oh, no. And then they try to make you seem like you doing something wrong when you're trying to find answers. And you trying to get clarity. And you want to move on with your life and with the day. But yet, and still, you're trying to be evasive. Nobody has time for that. So you have to be able to gauge, you know, where you are in your relationships. And I feel like if it's not an open forum where questions can be asked, then asked, 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 and when they can be asked. So, you know, then that's a problem. And that ought not be. But that's me. You know, and granted, you already know me. Like, if you don't know me, if I say, if you don't know me by now, like, I'm going to ask a question, like, hand raised. And actually, you know, it's 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 a sign of um, humility, if you will, contrary to popular belief, because, again, you're stating that you, by, by your actions, that you don't know everything and that you want to know. But the problem is that some people feel some kind of way like they have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. We may not never have all the answers. There's some things about God. There's some things about life. There's some things about being a woman. There's some things about just some things about a lot of things that I'm totally ignorant in. But then when you ask me a question and then I can find out, then now I'm gaining more information. So then I'm no longer ignorant in certain areas. And so that helps somebody develop and grow. But for people who don't want to be asked questions, like, who are you? Like, get out of here with that. Like, you need to make yourself available, especially if you're in a leadership position, position, especially if, you know, you are responsible for people, if you're a guardian over something, if you're a steward over something, if you're a servant over something, you should be make you should make yourself available for that. And don't feel like somebody is just trying to, you know, demoralize you, if you will, or make you look foolish or make you look dumb because they're asking a questions, a question where you supposed to be able to answer and if not answer, supposed to be able to get an answer. And it's okay because I find it funny that, you know, we're quick to spill that, oh, we're all developing and we're all growing. And, you know, we we say this, we justify our lack. We justify our lack of information or our lack of stewardship or our lack of abilities. We, we justify it. And I'm totally guilty. But again, at some point, when is there no longer 
you know, we're already justified. Where is it no longer making excuses for not stepping up to the plate and becoming better than what we've been? And that's my whole point in being full circle. Like, I don't want this Easter to have come and gone. And people of faith is still lackluster when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to walking courageously and boldly in our faith. Or when it comes to, you know, just people in general and our morals and our values and our character. Like this day comes and we celebrate and then we go back to womp womp. Oh, well, but it's no big deal. I don't think that it ought to be like that. And so I'm encouraging myself as well as you not to allow this holiday holiday to have passed. And we going through all the fanfare and put on our Easter bonnets and our pink and purple and, you know, <laughs> all the stuff and broke bread and, you know, shouted and played the beautiful music and, you know, listened, watched the movie and did all of this stuff. And then it's business as usual. I think it ought not be. Imagine my face.